0: Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come.
1: How you doing FC? Somebody didn't have their coffee today. How you doing FC? That's good. That's good. So glad you are here today. Thank you for coming out. And uh, we're excited. To, hey, we're one week away from Easter. And you know, I don't know about you, but last year was just terrible in the fact that we were not in person uh, with Easter. And so I'm excited about those that are maybe drawing a line in the sand. I want you to pray for them and says, you know what? I'm coming back. I want you to pray for those that are maybe going to come to our church family for the very first time. Most of all, I want you to pray as we're fasting and praying for the people that do not know Jesus because that is the greatest decision anybody faces because that decision determines their destiny. So I want you to really be thinking about that. I want you to be, really be praying about that because we not, we've done a myriad of a, a lot of different things. You know, There's billboards, there's mail-outs, there's invitations that you're giving or social media push. They're even egging the city. If you don't know what that's about, you need to check it out. Okay, uh, Go to social media, go to our Facebook page and check that out. It's pretty Pretty cool concept just to reach people in every way that we can. So with that being said, today we have been in a series and I'm going to wrap it up talking about our high five values. Anytime that you are going to be a part of an organization or a living organism like a church, you need to understand what that church values. You need to understand what they're about. What do they believe? Where are they going? What are they doing? What is the history? All those kind of things. And so really that is what we've been talking about as far as our church family. So the ultimate existence of our church is we exist to reach people to know, to know God. That's what we do. And we do that. We know that through Jesus Christ. The next week we talked about once that you reach up and you uh, discover Christ, then you want to reach out and let other people know about him. That's what we're doing when we're reaching. The next week we talked about our next value of growing. We won't ever want everyone to grow and to learn to be like Jesus. You know, I don't need to be like me. You don't need to be like you. We all need to be like Jesus. Can you agree upon that? Say yes. The next week we talked about serving. Jesus did not come to this earth to be served, but yet he came to serve and he gave his life serving all of humanity by dying for our sins. So we want to be able to serve through the giftedness that God gives us. And then last week we talked about everyone giving. Everything that we have belongs to God. And I think we'll all agree with that. If you agree with that, say yes. So we give back to God in in order of our finances because it all belongs to him that we can make sure that number one, we're being obedient to God, but we're realizing that God is the blesser of all things. And as he blesses us, he's the blessor. and we want him to put his bless on our ing stuff that we deal with every day. And then today we're going to move forward by talking about everyone connecting, everyone connecting. So when you think about connecting It's all about understanding that we don't want to do life alone. So we learn to do life together as a church family. So today as we move forward in this, I want us to take a look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5. And look what Paul said to the church at Ephesus, which is applicable to us here today at FC. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure you say, well, what break that down for me? What is he really saying about creating a family here? God wanted a family. God wanted kids and that's why that we're here. So when you take and you look at the Bible, the Bible in its entirety is a story of how God is continually building His family. And that's what we do together to be able to partake in God's kingdom, to be able to help in building His family. See, the family of God is going to outlast this world because it's an eternal family. It's a family that's going to last forever. You were made to last forever. Tell the person next to you, you were made to last forever. Each one of us are. And you say, what do you mean by that? See, we're created to not only know God, but we're created to be able to love God. So your love as a Christian should be loving your Christian brothers and sisters. And you say, well, why is that? Because your earthly family, whether you like it or not, is going to fall apart. It's going to end. It's going to go by the wayside. And our eternal spiritual family is going to last forever. God wants you to learn to be able to love your spiritual family. So what do you mean, and how do I do that? What does that look like? See, first and foremost, God wants to make us more like himself. Let me ask this question. How many of you here, once again, want to be more like God? Raise your hand. Some of you didn't act like God on the way to church this morning. I dare say somebody here argued, in a crowd of people this size, somebody got in an argument. Now, if you want to raise your hand, we'll invite you up here, and we'll anoint you with oil and we'll pray over you right now. Anybody come on. Now, you don't want to do that because you don't want to tell off on yourself. But I'll tell you, the less I'm like me and the more I'm like God, the better off I am. Can you get that? Like I was talking about earlier. It's a fact of life. We need to be able to take on the spiritual aspect through the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Another thing is that God wants us as His children to learn to get along. Now, how many parents do we have here? Raise your hand real quick. All right. As parents. How many of you want your your kids to be able to get along, right? You want them to get along. Now, how many of you are like me? You know there are times when your kids do not get along. Man, I'll never forget this. This has been a decade ago, and I've got to tell this. I've never told this before. I don't know about you, but when you have girls, there are emotions involved in the household. Do you know what I'm saying? There's hormones rolling and moving and showing themselves at times. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, if I had been a guy that would have invested wholeheartedly in women's products as far as makeup and all those kind of things, I could be filthy rich right now. But I didn't think about that, having three girls, okay? But Shannon and I are sitting in, we have three girls. So I'm going to let you ask them to figure out who they are and which ones it was. I'm not even going to name their names in this story. Two of my girls... Are sitting with Shannon and I eating in Olive Garden. And next thing you know there's this little this little cat fight begins to start across the table. Next thing you know one of them got enough of it and hauled off and slapped the other across the top of the head. Listen, remember this is in Olive Garden in a public place. Well, the oven over there got just rattled her brain. She's making composure, and all of a sudden she looks at the oven, and I mean, come out of nowhere with a right hook, wham, across a. The... And I only think, next thing I know, Shannon looks at both of them, and she was just, we're just in shock. And says, this is a public place, you're both going to jail, Shannon says. <laughs> that happened. If I could have had that on video, I would be rich on YouTube right now. I promise you. But just like with God, our family, sometimes we don't get along, and sometimes we don't get along in a church family, but that's God's desire for us to be able to get along. But I'll tell you another reason that, that our, when you think about our church, our church family and our spiritual family, we want to be able to get along because it's practiced for eternity. See, one day... When you know Jesus and you've been born again, you're going to check out of this life. And when you know Jesus and you've had reservations in heaven, you know where you're going to check in for eternity. And so really, when you think about practicing, it's fellowship. It's loving one another. it's a couple of fellows in a ship rowing in the same direction and that's where we're going. And so, but you got to understand that connecting with one another is about fellowship. It's not having some kind of surface casual conversation. It's not just a potluck dinner at church or something like that. Fellowship is learning to love God's family. And you say, well, how do I do that? You know, wh- what does that mean? Well, here's what you have to understand and grab this and, and, and let this seat in your heart the church isn't a building, the church isn't an institution. The church isn't a club the church is a family and i hope and pray that you'll let that understand and understand that we are a family and people a lot of times they say well i'm going to church well church isn't a place to go to church is a family to belong to and i hope you'll let that change your mindset about it because none of us were made to do life alone. This life is not a solo act. Whether you believe it or not, we really do need each other. So today I just want to share with you about maybe what, what you would call four levels of connecting with one another. And the first would be about when you, you think about membership, that's when you choose to belong. So say, what do you mean by that? Well making a choice to belong, and you find a church family uh, of your choosing, whether it's this church or another church, you find a church family you're choosing, and then you get connected. Now, here's what I want to ask you to do in this next verse. I want to ask you, if you would, to please read this verse with me out loud from the Living Bible, because it sums it up very well. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, read this aloud, audibly, if you would, please. Now you're no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. See, when you think about the Christian life, it's not just about believing, but it's about belonging. And and a lot of times people don't realize that, And, and I want to share something with you. When you come to the church family, the first thing we want you to know is they want, we want you to be able to belong. Pre-conversion, post-conversion, it doesn't matter. When you come in here, we're going to love you. How many of you felt loved when you came to Freedom Church? Raise your hand. Yes. We just want to love people. Doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, your ethnicity, what part of town, doesn't matter. We're going to love you. We want you to have a sense of belonging because nobody wants to feel alone. Nobody wants to be alone. In life and sometimes family earthly family gets separated sometimes earthly family has things happening and it kind of separates you and it's a sad thing it's not always working well sometimes it just falls apart whether it's physically you can't be next to each other or maybe you moved across the country and you're in transition but when you come here we want you to belong we want you to be in the presence of god we want you to be in the presence of the power of the holy spirit and then when that time comes in your life, whether you're believing, we want you to be able to know Jesus and then you believe. We're not going to ostracize you because you are not believing yet. Everybody has a time in their life that they get under a state of conviction. John chapter 6 verse 44 talks about that Jesus says that his heavenly father basically woos the people in. He draws the people in. I call it the wooing of the Holy Spirit of God. So when that time comes that you believe. So you come here and you belong because you're made in the likeness the image of God. And then when that time comes that you believe, then you have the opportunity to become God has His hand upon you and He wants you to become everything that God created you to be, the gifts and the talents and everything that you have. God ordered your steps before you were ever born and He wants you to be able to become everything that He created you to be. So it's about that you can come and belong in a church family. You believe when He convicts you of your sins, you receive Him as your own in your heart. You are born again. You have your name written in heaven in His book and then you become everything He created you to be long before you breathe your first breath and and the doctor spanks you on the body to get you to cry for the first time. So, with that being said, God wants you to make that choice to be part of His family and choosing to belong to the family when you do and you believe you become a member of God's family. Now, a lot of people, they'll say, well, Pastor, I'm a Christian, but um, I don't belong to any church. Well, there's a lot of excuses that people give that they don't belong to a church. A lot of people say, well, (laughs) churches just want your money. No, we want you. You give your money, that's between you and God to give your money or not, whether you understand the scriptural basis of that. A lot of people say, well, you know, I would come and be a part of that church, but they're full of hypocrites. Well, one more is not going to hurt. Just come on. You know? Well, Pastor, you don't understand. Sunday's the only day I got off, Pastor. Well, you know what? That is a great reason for you to come and be a part of God's church. Just think about God who gave you a job and even God who worked it out that you can praise him because you have a day off. You say, well, pastor, you don't understand. I I just don't really have the clothes to be able to wear in order to be able to go to church. Well, we do have a clothing code here, wear clothes. Because if you come in here naked, we'll let you know about it. (laughs) If you don't have clothes on, cover your body, okay? You know, we've all grew up different when it comes to the mindset of clothing. Some of you probably didn't think I owned a jacket. I do, I own a few of them, okay? But anyway. Reminded me of this Methodist preacher, he kept trying to get his friend it was his neighbor to come to church. He tried everything he could do to get him to come and, and he just kept refusing and said he wasn't going to go, wasn't going to go. So finally he nailed him down and says, man, can you just tell me why it is that you will not come to church? And he did not want to admit it. He said, I just don't feel like I've got the proper clothes to wear. So someone in his congregation volunteered to go and they bought this man, this really nice suit, nice shirt beautiful tie all the way down to the socks and the shoes and the very next sunday they're looking for him and he didn't even show up they're dumbfounded cuz they had bought him the clothes this was the excuse ongoing for the longest time so he goes and sees him on monday and he says hey i don't understand you told me that the clothes was the problem, the reason you weren't coming to church. And, and one of our cars goes out of the way, bought you a suit, a tie, shoes, shirt, and all that stuff. He said, oh, man. He says, I'll just tell you, Pastor. He said, when I got up and I put on that suit and I put on that tie and I got it all fixed up, and I looked at myself in the mirror, I said, you know what? I look so good. I'm going to go to the First Baptist Church today. Oh, my goodness, the degrees we put on society, right? Church is where you live out what it means to be a Christian. And I will tell you, as I've I've always said, a person who is a Christian or is seeking God that does not have a church family, you're really just an orphan. Look at Romans 12 and 5. It says, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, Each member belongs to all the others. Now, when you look at the word, the original membership word right here is a Christian word. But there's so many people that there's just a lot of popcorn Christians in our culture. You say, what do you mean? Well, they pop into this church because they like how the the worship is. Or they pop into this church because they like how the kids' ministry is. Or they pop into this church because they like the way the sermon goes. And and there's all kinds of things that pop in and out. But Jesus calls the churches the body. And you need to be part of the body. You need to connect to the body of Christ. What would it be like if I said, well, you know what, I like you, but I can't stand your body. Or I like you, but I can't stand your wife. The body of Christ is the bride of Christ. The church is the body of Christ, and Jesus loves the church. So we need to have that same kind of love by choosing to belong. Now, some people say, well, I belong to the universal church. I just don't belong to a particular church. Well, you know, that would have been very sad for my three daughters. If each time that Lily, India, and Chloe were born, and we got here and Shanda uh, went through the birthing process and all that kind of stuff, we got out, and they let us know the, that they're just fine. They're going to be just fine. Have a good life, Lily. See ya. You're part of the, you're part of the human race. No. That'll be been ludicrous. In other words, we need to be taken to jail for not being responsible for the child we brought into the world. She was born of the human race, but we had to make a choice to take Lily home and take India home and take Chloe home to be able to love them and nurture them and be there for them and care for them and feed them and clothe them and all the things that goes along with it. So you make a choice for a particular church family. Now. We have what we call the pathway to freedom. And the pathway to freedom is where that you can be a part of four particular classes. It's not a program. It is a process. We talk about in the first class what it means to be a part of this family and, and have membership in this family and take ownership of this family. The second one, we talk to you about how that you can grow in the process of growing spiritually in the Lord the third one, we talk about how that we can help you to understand that God has gifted you in a particular way, and we want you to be able to find those gifts and to be able to use those gifts not on yourself but in the church body. The last one is, is just helping you to understand how to share your story. You know what? How many of you here, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, how many of you have shared the gospel with somebody this past week? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Several of you just voluntarily raised your hand. And a lot of people say, well, Pastor, They'll come up to me and they say, Pastor, you know, I know somebody that needs the Lord. And that's just such a burden on my heart that they need the Lord. Would you go share the faith with them? No. No, I'm not. And some of you think, well, that's awful. No, God put them on your heart, your burden. God wants to use you to be able to share the faith with that person that's in your life. Does that make sense? Very common sense in that thing. Common sense is not too common anymore though, right? So, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. It says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. See, when you look at becoming a part of the body Baptism is God's picture of belonging to the body. It's a beautiful thing when you see somebody be baptized into the body of Christ. That's signifying that we belong to each other, we live with each other, we do life with each other, we help each other, we depend on each other, we love one another. And maybe you've given your heart to Christ, but you haven't given your life to the body of Christ through baptism. Whatever excuse it may be for you to be able to be baptized you know a lot of times it, people are scared of that they don't understand that but understanding that today we want to give you a good little picture on the screen to show you because next sunday morning we're going to have a baptism here at 7:30, and it's going to be on easter sunday and i just want to give you a little clip of how we're going to baptize you check this out <laughs> look at the love on his face. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is that something or what? No, we're not going to baptize you like that. And that's just almost, I'm sorry. I, how many of you think it's like me? It feels like, looks like child abuse, doesn't it? <laughs> but no, it comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to dip under. It signifies that the old person's going away after you've given your life to Christ and the, uh, the new person's coming alive in Christ. Just like Jesus went into the tomb and come out on the third day. So with that being said, understanding it's a public way of saying I'm part of a group of believers. I belong to a, part, to a group of believers. And baptism is saying that I have died to something. I'm living for something. Uh, we died to the old way of life and I'm coming n- into the new way of life and i'm not ashamed to be a part of the body of christ and that's what it's saying for you in your life so here's what i want to say to you some of you have pushed this off no doubt in a crowd of people this size by the end of the time of the service i want you to take that card out of the back of the seat and i want you to put on there baptism put your name a follow-up number for us we're going to call you we're going to talk to you we're going to answer any questions you got to take away your fear but yet that you can show your faith publicly in the body of christ drop that in as you leave today. So, I've spent a lot of time on membership, choosing to belong. But the second one is, is understanding friendship, learning to share. See we're created in God's image and you were made for relationships as well as I have been made for relationships. Acts 2 and 44 says, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Now, next time you're reading your Bible or if you have your Bible out now, I want you to circle, met together. Because this is a crucial two words when it comes to developing our friendships in the body of Christ. They had to develop friendships. They couldn't develop friendships without meeting together in the body of Christ. And you can't develop friendships without sharing with one another as it talks about here. You know, this... I've talked about a lot about our men's group, and our men's group has come together. You know, we had one group, and then we were able to birth off two more groups, so it was three groups total, and it continues to grow, and coming and be a part, and we want to be the men that God has called us to be, and learn to be like Him, and not like ourselves. And here's what's really cool, we all came together this past week, and we wanted, down here in the building, and we were stuffing eggs, and here's what I want to say, and I'm going to stand here and say, we stuff the most amount of eggs of any group in the church at a tune of 8,000 eggs, a bunch of us guys. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Check it out right here. Man, they were wearing it out. And man, uh, Kevin LaCroix over here, he's the guy sitting right there beside Eddie right here. On the right side right here, that's Kevin LaCroix. Been a cross follower a little over a year. There he is. He just throwed his hands up. He is a retired cop from California, okay? This guy's a burly guy, okay? Now, here's what was funny. We're sitting there stuffing eggs, and one of his buddy calls, and he talks to him on the phone, and he says, you're not going to believe what I'm doing. I'm stuffing Easter eggs. I mean, this is so out of this guy's element, you know? So God is just doing a tremendous thing when we meet together. We're there together. We encourage one another. We love each other. We're there for each other, and that's what's amazing about doing this. You know, you know why people are lonely when you think about it? They don't make time for friendships. They just don't. They don't take time. They don't make time. They're not willing to put anything into it. You know why? People say, I'm just too busy. Until you make it a priority, you're not going to be able to make and develop vital relationships. You're not going to have that 2 a.m. friend. You say, what do you mean? That friend that you can call at 2 a.m., they're going to jump and come running to your need when something may happen in your life. Developing vital relationships means that we're going to share in our experiences. You say, what do you mean by that? Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen says as iron sharpens iron so a friend sharpens a friend It's wise that we learn from each other because we don't have time to make all the mistakes by ourselves How many of you hate making mistakes? Raise your hand. I do too. I hate making mistakes and it stinks And, and so you want to develop friendships and be able that you don't have to do it because life is trial and error And none of us knows it all. We're all ignorant in a lot of things in life I know things that you don't know. You know things that I don't know. The person sitting next to you knows things that neither one of us know about. We're all ignorant not knowing something in life. And so imagine the wealth of knowledge that's in our church family here. Imagine what we could do if we spent time together to learn from each other. Just saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it a priority. Something else that we need to learn is not only through our experiences, but we share by sharing our homes. You say, what do you mean by that? First Peter 4 and 9 says, Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. See, it doesn't say here when you open up your home, that your home has got to be new, it's got to be big, or it's got to be nice. It just says to be able to open up your home. That's what it's talking about doing. Now, what does God want us to share, and why does God want us to share our homes cheerfully? Because you can't fellowship in a crowd like this. You fellowship in a small group. We come together and we worship God here, we celebrate God, we learn things of God, but it is those times that, We get together and we fellowship because you really can't fellowship with all of you looking at just me. Fellowship takes place when you get in a small group of people together. And you know why community just really doesn't take place among neighbors? Because people are too busy to open up their homes with one another. They don't do it intentionally in their lives. They don't take the time to say that someone else needs Jesus besides me. Did you know the first 300 years of the church and of Christianity, there was no church buildings? There was no such thing as a church building as we have here, but yet it was the greatest time of growth in the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. So we need to know that we are getting into a group of believers and people that come together. In our group, there's a guy that's an unbeliever right now. He's seeking the claims of God and we love that he's there. He's asking questions. How many of you here would raise your hand and say, I'm in a group right now? Raise your hand real quick, real quick, real quick, cross the auditorium so other people around you can see. Praise God. The rest of you that sees these people that's in a group, ask them questions because here's what I believe. I believe they tell you how much they love being in a group. And there's many of you here that have opened your homes and still continue to do so. We learn to share not in a big group but in a small group. Something else we share is our problems. See, a lot of people, they don't want to do this. They don't want to share the problems because they don't want anybody to know that they got problems. But here's life. You're either coming out of a problem, you're in a problem, or there's a problem coming at you, and that is life. It says in Galatians 2, share each other's burdens and in the way, and in this way obey the law of Christ. See, we're not meant to share problems alone. See, when you share joy, it's doubled. But whenever you share a problem, it's cut in half with people that's going to pray for you and love you, because life never does fix problems. Life can share problems, though, and help each other. And maybe you've tried a small group before, and you say, well, I just didn't fit in. I want to encourage you not to give up. There's a group for you. There's people for you that God has put in the body of Christ to be able to help you through this thing called life. So we have groups that are open right now, and if you're looking for groups, all I want you to do, by the end of the time of our times together, just write on the back of a card out of your seat, And right on their groups, put your name, drop it in the bucket when you leave, and we're going to follow up and we're going to help you connect. And when you do, you'll find the best friend you've ever found. How many of you would raise your hand right now and say, I was hesitant to get in a group, but when I did, I found one of the best friends I could ever have in life. Raise your hand all across the auditorium. Look at this. Friends everywhere. So I want to share with you the third thing about being able to connect, and that's partnership, doing my part do you realize that the family of God needs you? Think about that. So what do you mean? God didn't bring you to Freedom Church for you to sit, soak, and sour in a spiritual hot tub. That's not why he brought you here. He brought you here because you had something to be able to give back. He brought you here to be able to serve in the capacity of which he's given you gifts. God wants us to make a difference through our lives. And See, all families, when you look at a church in a family at home, we split up the chores in our family. How many of you split up the chores in your family at home? That's what we do for us in a church family. We split up the chores. And when you think about that, love is action, and we're partners in the ministry of God, and we're team players. And what we're doing and what we're going to do is going to outlast this life because you're investing in someone else. But how do you fit in a team? How do you fit into the family? How do you find where you're going to serve and what you're going to do? How do you find your niche, so to speak? It says in Ephesians 4.16, that's what Paul says here. He says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. He said, and each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Everybody say each part. Now say my part my part. See, we have our own special part that we need to do. You have a part to play in the body of Christ, and we will get more done together than we ever can by ourselves. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Some of you here in the crowd of this people, you have not signed up for Easter. Some of you may be here for your very first time, and we welcome you to sign up and serve at Easter. When you leave, they're going to stand at each one of these doors in the back of the auditorium, and here's a simple form that you can sign up with to serve next weekend. There's five services, two on Saturday, three on Sunday. And you know what? God will bless your socks off if you'll get outside of yourself and not say I'm too busy or I'm not sure I can do this and sign up and serve. I don't care if you're here for your first time or you've been a part of this family for multi-years. I want to challenge you to do that because two of the great places that we need right now is helping the field out there. Because when you have hundreds of kids after these services wanting to go out there and hunt Easter eggs, we need a lot of adults out there to help them be safe, okay? Because they are going to go crazy, okay? In all services, we need help in the field. And also, we have a 1 p.m. service on Sunday. And a lot of you are thinking, got to do lunch, Pastor, got to do lunch. Listen, y'all are like me. You can do without a lunch for a little while, okay? I promise you. So we need help in that 1 p.m. service. That is the lightest one we have. So when you leave, all you gotta do is take the form at the door. It'll take you all of one minute to sign up and drop it off at the info desk. God wants to use you in a mighty, mighty way. Here's something that's important that I, that I, I read about Mother Teresa, and the late Mother Teresa. And one time in an interview, she was asked how she helped the poorest of the poor in India. They asked her, I said, how do you handle all the death and the disease on a daily basis? How do you see these tough things, but yet you have this heart to serve anyway? And I quote Mother Teresa. She said, every person I bathe, every person I bandage, I imagine seeing the face of Jesus, and I do it for him. I do it for him. You see, attitude is everything. And so I want you to look for a need this week when you leave here. Be looking for a need and see what you can do to meet it, especially inviting someone next weekend that does not have a church family or most of all that you may know that does not know Jesus. How many of you would lift your hand right now and say this by the lifting of your hand? I know somebody in my circle of life of whether they are family or they are a friend and they don't know Jesus as their Savior. Would you raise your hand? Everybody, raise your hand if you know somebody. That's the people that you need to go after this week, praying before you get there and inviting them to know our Savior through coming and being a part of our Easter service. We're going to do our part. I hope and pray that you'll do your part. And here's what I know about inviting someone. When you invite someone, you may be the only Jesus that they ever see when you go out of your way to invite someone. The last thing is this on connecting is kinship. When you think about kinship, it's loving believers like family. See, kinship literally means your closest relationships. And we're not just like a family. Here at Freedom Church, we are a family. It says in Romans 12 and 10, love each other with genuine affection. That means being committed to each other as committed as we are to Jesus Christ. Look at 1 John three sixteen. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. You see, the deepest level of fellowship through connecting with other people is sacrificing for others. See, when you think about Christian persecution, I don't know if you know this, but since the time that Jesus went back to heaven and set up the way of Christianity, there's been over the numbers as best as they can tell, and we know that numbers are subjective, but over 70 million people have been martyred for the cause of Christ. Matter of fact, from the year 2000 to the year 2010, they said that this was the greatest time that this happened. And it was under, in the 20th century, has been where the most part of them happened, under communist and fascist governments. They say now there's as many as 322 people give their lives in the name of Jesus, martyred every month in this world. So when it talks about in this verse that we ought to give up our lives, here's what I know about this nation. We're not persecuted in this nation like this verse means. You see, they were literally laying down their lives, dying for each other. So how do we get to the deepest level of fellowship here in our nation? We stand by one another. We love one another, especially when someone's going through a crisis. And when everybody else is walking out, we as God's people are walking in. Loving God and loving each other is what it's all about. It's not about accomplishments. It's about relationships. That's what's so important. So today, I want to ask you a question. What really matters? When you think about right now, holistically of life, what really matters? First and foremost, it's loving our great God who gave us the breath of life. Worshiping him 24, seven, 365. Making it a lifestyle of worship. Worship meaning giving him worship because he gave you breath of life. And you're living and breathing right now because he wants you and me to be able to make a difference. But second to that, what matters is loving others. Loving others, serving others, sacrificing for others going after others, doing everything we can do. If you're already a believer, letting other people know about the love that Jesus has given you, the peace, the love, the joy, the purpose, the plan that God has given each of us in our life through his son, Jesus Christ. He doesn't want anyone to be alone. And if someone needs God's love, man, I'm asking you this week, especially with Easter coming up, God is still using this thing called Easter to be able to draw people unto himself. So I'm challenging you to go after them because no one wants to be alone. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We want Freedom Church to be known not for its size, not for the sermons, not for the worship or the singing, not even for our strategy. I want Freedom Church to be known for our love for God. And our love for people—that's what it's all about. We don't want anybody to be alone. You know, uh, Shannon and I just built a home here in Gallatin, and uh, where we built at, it, it's very dark there. And you know, it's really like there's not a lot of there's not traffic lights or anything. It's outside of Gallatin. It's in Gallatin, but it's not in the city limits. and It's very dark there, and and. Uh, Chanda, she's kind of struggled when I'm not there. It's kind of real dark there, and she's kind of been tough about that, but she's been studying about the presence of God, and, and it was amazing that she told me the other day, said, I'm not scared like I was. You know why? Because she said, I know I'm not alone. My Lord and God is with me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here, I got to thinking about that as I was praying, and, and I thought, you know, there's a lot of people that are alone and afraid, but they don't have the presence of God. They don't have the peace of God. They don't have the joy of God. They don't have a God who's gonna be with them when they go through some of the toughest times in their life. And those are the people that I wanna challenge you to go after and connect with that's in our community and beyond. Because God who's a God who loves us beyond what we could ever imagine, hope or dream. You see, people aren't looking, listen to me closely, people aren't looking for religion. They're not looking for things like that. They're looking for a family because a lot of people don't have family. They're not looking for doctrine. They're looking for someone to love them. So I wanna ask you to go above and beyond like you've never done before to not only get into our groups and get into our family to be loved, but go after those who need the love of our great God. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we love you so much and we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for each of the family here, God, today, Lord, even those may be online that haven't came back yet, but they have chose to belong. Thank you, God, for these that are a part of this family, those that have followed in baptism, those that are part of groups, those that are serving and doing their part, those that know they're a child of God and and in the kinship of this family. God, I pray for those here that have a next step in their life, God, that they need to be a part, they need to serve, they need to take that next step, God. Go after those who need your love, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would just convict our hearts to go to the next level, God to not only as we connect with you, but we connect with other people to do life together in your way and in your will. How many of you here today as we're praying and seeking God and say that God's word and God's message has spoke to you today in one shape, form, or fashion? Would you just lift your hand real high and say, God has spoke to me today in a certain way. Father, right now, God, thank you, God, for how that through your spirit, God, you're touching people's hearts and you're touching them, God, in in ways of next steps and to be able to move forward in their relationship to grow closer to you and to other people. Bless them, God, give us strength and energy, God, to lay down our lives for other people, God, and not get comfortable as Christians so often can do. Today, in a crowd of people this size, and no doubt someone that's watching online, Maybe you feel alone, and the reason you feel alone is because you don't have the presence of God in your life. And that's the reason you're listening, friend. And right now, if you don't know Jesus and you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life, I want to pray right now that you're going to pray right now. That's my prayer, that you're going to open your heart right now, right where you're at, make the throne room of God, make an altar right where you're at, and just right now, your prayer, just tell the Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I do not want to be alone. I need you to be my king. I want your royal blood flowing through my veins. Just tell him that and say, Lord, I want to ask you to accept me. Please forgive me for the things I've done wrong. Just tell him that. Please forgive me. I believe in you. And I believe you're God. I believe you came for me, you died for me, and you rose for me. Tell him, the so, Lord, I ask you to save me. I'm giving my life to you today, God, through your son Jesus. Save me, my life is yours. If you've truly prayed this and you meant this from the depths of your soul through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, thank him for that right now as he's giving you peace and love joy and purpose his plan is going to be revealed in your life as you move forward with him father we love you so much and we praise you and we thank you for this beautiful poem Sunday the start of holy week I pray dear heavenly father you're going to find us faithful like never before as we connect with you our heavenly father as we connect with others who know you and need you Thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. May we rejoice and be glad in it. And we give you praise, honor, and glory. And all of God's people say, amen. Amen. Let's give him praise, church.
0: Thanks for joining us today online. We know that you weren't able to join us in the auditorium, but that's totally fine because you've made this a priority in your life to make sure that you are receiving God's Word. If you received Christ for the first time today, that's absolutely awesome, but we want to know about it. So if you can, if you're on Facebook, in the description there's a link. Go ahead and hit that and fill it out uh, on our connection card that you received Christ. If you're on our website, if you're on an app, hit the menu at the top and you can do the same thing from there. So if you're already on the connection card, you probably are noticing some other next steps that might be interesting you. If you are interested in any one of those, just check those. And when you submit that, it'll inform us and we can be in contact with you to answer any questions that you may have about those next steps. So this is the time of our service where we're going to jump into our giving. At Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. This is just another act of worship where we trust God with what he has blessed us with. If you're on Facebook, again, in the description, there's a link there. You can give securely, safely on the website and the app. Also in that menu, you can see a place to do that as well. But just because we're in the the time of technology doesn't mean you can't do it the old-fashioned way. There is an address at the bottom of the screen that you can send it to, and it'll it'll show up safe as well, or just drop it by the office anytime Monday through Thursday between 8 and 5, and we will receive it. Other than that, you have a great day.